Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. And we will make America great again. Brothers and sisters, it's a joy to be with you on this Monday night. I hope that you are preparing well for Christmas and uh, the celebration of the coming of Christ. Can you believe it's only three weeks away? I, 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 can't, I just, it comes so fast. But uh, we are praying for America. We are praying for the restoration of America. And Christmas is a really great time to think about that because he comes to save. Christ came in order to save. And the awareness that we have, I mean, you, you in this audience have a greater awareness of the need that America has to be saved than anybody else. And therefore, the, the prayer at this time of year that the church brings forth, and it's really the, the prayer that concludes the Bible, and I want to use that as our reading tonight, is come Lord Jesus. That prayer has more meaning for us the more we understand how much our nation needs to be saved. The more we understand the devastation, the destruction that is being done to it by the left, by the radical Democrats, by these policies, uh, the more we understand the harm, the more we understand what's being lost, the deeper we can pray this Advent prayer, Come Lord Jesus. So let's go to the very end of the Bible because this is the prayer and we get the answer of Jesus uh, on which this, uh, the Scripture concludes. Revelation 22, starting with verse 17. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. Let us pray. Father, the words that conclude the sacred scriptures echo in our hearts more powerfully tonight than ever before. Come, Lord Jesus. We feel the need for his coming because we feel the devastation being being unleashed in our land. We know the need for his coming because we know the damage being done to human life the family, marriage, freedom, and all the values and all the goods that comprise this nation. Come, 
Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Lord, as he comes into our minds and into our hearts each day, may that strengthen our resolve and our effectiveness in building this nation, saving it, and making it great again. We pray through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, so I like to listen to Dick Morris. I want to thank him for the... I was with him uh, the other night in, in Mar-a-Lago. It was uh, really a pleasure to be with him in person. And uh, over this weekend, uh, you know, if you follow him, you, uh, you know that he talked about a, a nice summary that I wanted to share with you of polling in the presidential race. It was a great summary. Uh, hadn't uh, seen it elsewhere. And, of course, it's very encouraging in terms of the ascendancy of uh, President Trump in these polls. And he showed how this has evolved over, over the months and delves into uh, some of the reasons why. So he looked at, uh, well, actually, real clear politics, okay, sums up uh, polling and uh, looked at 91 polls from July to October, 91 polls. And Dick, in his uh, uh, explanation here, was, was saying how this is divided into three phases. Uh, one that favored Biden, one that basically had them neck and neck, and now the third and current phase that has President Trump ahead. And here's how it broke down. The first phase, from July 5th to August 17th, summertime, we saw a Biden ascendancy. 24 polls showed Biden leading in 17 of them, Trump only leading in two, and the two of them tied in five. But then in phase two, August 17th to October 27th, you had Biden ahead in 18 polls, but Trump ahead in more. He was ahead in 21 polls, and they were tied in a dozen. So right away you saw, as summer changed into, into fall, you saw uh, President Trump seriously on the rise in this polling. And then the third phase, October 27th to November 20th, the Trump ascendancy phase, 21 polls showed the following. Biden only leading in three. Biden and Trump tied in two. And Trump ahead in 16 polls. So again, 91 polls altogether. We see a shift from the summertime to now, late fall, early winter, the change from uh, Biden being ahead to President Trump being ahead. Now, in this last phase, what is it that has been different? And uh, Mr. Morris went into this um, a little bit. There haven't been any new indictments in this latest phase, and there hasn't been any dramatic change in the economy. But, of course, the big event that has occurred that is having an impact on the election, and we'll show you why, is the war over in, in Israel, the attack launched by Hamas. You know, I heard another, another comment recently about, oh, I know, let's pray. It was, oh, it, was, it was in church. It was a prayer in church. Let's pray that the Israelis and Palestinians will learn how to live together uh, in peace. The Israelis already know how to live in peace with their neighbors. It's these terrorist Hamas 
neighbors that don't want peace. That's the problem. But it's this that has impacted the polling in the elections. Americans are, by and large, with Israel. But what you see is that among the younger voters, and by younger I mean under 30, there's more of a tendency to be favorable to the Palestinians. Now, a lot of this is, is complete ignorance of history and of who Hamas is. But be that as it may, whatever the reason, you have uh, a demographic here that tends to be less pro-Israel than uh, the rest of America. And you have Biden appealing to them. Why? Because he's losing the, the youth vote. It is moving to President Trump in a big way. Why would the war over in Israel, why would the attacks uh, 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 of Hamas, uh, the unjustifiable and indescribable barbarism that they have displayed, in what way would this be affecting the election? Well, two ways that, that Dick Moore's commentary pointed out. First of all, people see the world right now as a very dangerous and unstable place. And when you are in a dangerous world, you need strong, decisive leadership. And they don't see that in Biden. They see incompetence. They see indecisiveness. They see, as a matter of fact, and this meshes into reason two, becomes reason two, Biden is less and less pro-Israel. Oh, he said some good things right at the start. But de facto, he's helping the terrorists by helping Iran. And in other ways, he's actually with the terrorists. And in this, for this alone, he should be impeached because uh, impeachment is about the president has lost, has betrayed the trust of the people. He's no longer defending the country, no longer standing with us. So because, and he's doing this, again, because of appealing to this younger demographic. It's a, it's a sad thing when you have to uh, put your, throw your lot in with terrorists in order to win an election. Uh, but this is, who, this is who we're dealing with here. Again, to follow the line of thought that, uh, that Dick Morris laid out here, you know, the primaries are only a matter of weeks away. We're going to go through. The time is going to go very fast because we're getting into the holidays now. We're preparing for Christmas. We're going to have the Christmas celebration. We're going to greet the new year. And then before you know it, January 15th is the Iowa caucus. Then the primary season begins in earnest where we're going to see who wins these various primaries. We're going to have Iowa with the caucus and then the first primary in New Hampshire, and then we'll go on to a couple of other states. I think uh, on, the Demo on the Republican side, this primary is going to wrap up very, very quickly. President Trump is way ahead in the polls in these primary states. And uh, let's look a little bit more in detail. In Iowa, President Trump has a 30-point lead, 30 points. Now, the interesting thing here, though, is it's easy to answer a poll question. It's not as easy to actually cast your vote in the caucus, because this is 
Iowa has this caucus system. Some of you are, are from Iowa, you're quite aware of this, you know it better than, better than I. Uh, but it's not like you show up, you go into the voting booth, you cast your vote, and then you leave. It's a process where you're spending a couple of hours together with other people and they get together in this uh, room and then they caucus with those who others in the room who support the same candidate. So it's like all the President Trump supporters go over to this side of the room. Those of you who are in favor of this other candidate go in that corner, other, others stand over here. And, and then they see in that process um, who is, uh, who is, is uh, there for whom. And then they engage in, in, a, in, a, in a process together of conversation, and uh, it takes a, a couple of hours. Uh, and the caucus locations are not the same as the polling locations. They're often farther away uh, from where a person lives. All of this to say, it takes a good deal of motivation to take part in an Iowa caucus. Much, much more, it takes much, much more investment than to just answer your preference in a polling question. But the President Trump, and of course he has been in Iowa to fire up the base, you got to motivate people. That's what he has been doing. And I don't think there's any base more motivated than the President Trump base. Uh, but nevertheless, that's what has to happen, especially with that caucus process in, uh, in Iowa. So that's going to be, I mean, that's right around the corner. January the, the 15th. So we've got to be, and it's not like the winner of the Iowa caucus is, is necessarily the nominee, but again, we've got, as far as polling goes, 30-point lead for President Trump. New Hampshire follows a week later with the first primary in the country, and President Trump there is 27 points ahead. So a strong win for President Trump, both in Iowa, and in New Hampshire can effectively, psychologically, make it clear uh, in a matter, what, of uh, uh, two months that, yes, he, ha he is, in fact, going to be the nominee. Right after that, two weeks later, February 6th, we'll be in uh, Nevada. He has 65% of, uh, of the support uh, there. Nevada will have its primary. And then comes South Carolina towards the end of February. Now that, of course, is where uh, Nikki Haley is, uh, is from. But President Trump is polling like 30 points ahead of her even there in South Carolina. I think that by the end of February, we could be in a position, even before Super Tuesday, where it's, it's, there's, there's hardly any question in anyone's mind uh, that President Trump will be the Republican nominee. But we'll see. This is all to say that the time is now for us to be ready with our talking points. We have talked on this program. I'm sure you listen to many other commentators and get uh, it's a lot of tre tremendous uh, information. But this is the time now to brush off and brush up on our talking points about why President Trump is, in fact, uh, the powerful leader that we need in America right now. Uh, he has made his own case about this, and I actually want to read some of his words. I don't know if you saw this, but he himself had a, an op-ed in uh, Newsweek just the other day. And uh, let me read a little bit of this. I won't read the whole thing. Uh, you, can, uh, you can easily find it. It's, it's posted uh, there, uh, Newsweek. 
He says, with less than one year to go until Election Day, the polls show that we are beating Joe Biden by wide margins, both nationally and in the battleground states. And young people, okay, we said this already, are a major part of the reason why. A recent NBC News poll found, President Trump writes, that we are leading Biden 46 to 42 percent nationally among voters ages 18 to 34. A clear sign that young Americans are rejecting Joe Biden's reign of failure, incompetence, and corruption. During the first Trump administration, we created the strongest and most prosperous economy in the history of the world. Under my leadership, annual incomes went up by more than $6,000. Inflation was under 2%, and we had gasoline down to $1.87 a gallon. Household net worth reached an all-time high, President Trump continues to write, with the bottom 50% of American households seeing a 40% increase in their net worth. The U.S. economy had never been better for young Americans. But for the past three years, young people have borne the heavy costs of the failed Biden agenda. Crippling inflation, soaring prices, skyrocketing interest rates, unaffordable housing, and escalating crime. Over the course of the Biden administration, real incomes have gone down by $7,400 per family. Gas prices reached as high as $7 a gallon in some places. Cumulative inflation is 18%, and mortgage rates are pushing a brutal 7%, making home ownership out of reach for countless young Americans. Under Joe Biden, we are a nation in decline and rapidly losing the American dream. Now, let me just pause there. This, again, is President Trump's op-ed that appeared in Newsweek. You can look it up online. For the first time in American history, personal income has grown less than inflation has throughout an entire presidency. Inflation is growing faster than personal income. Income. It's the first time in modern history that incomes have fallen during an entire presidency. This was not true in any of the other presidencies of, of, of modern history. This is an important talking point for the general election. This is an important, uh, an important point that ties in to also what President Trump is writing in this opinion piece in Newsmax. Let me go into, uh, we know all the, the horrors of the Biden administration. He talks about the Democrats uh, leading us into World War III, radical promotion of critical race theory, transgender, other inappropriate racial and sexual topics, fraying the bonds of national unity. But then he goes to his promises. When I take the oath of office as the 47th president of the United States, I will rapidly rebuild the greatest economy in the history of the world so that young people can thrive and prosper. I will stop Joe Biden's inflation nightmare, increase energy production, massively reduce government spending, and bring down interest rates so that young people can once again afford to start a family, buy a home, and plan for a great future, the building blocks of the American dream. I did it before. And we will do it again. See, I think that it's one, of, it, it, it's one of, if not the strongest, President Trump point 
for running. Both where you're talking about the primary, you're talking about the general. I did it before. Look at the record. He says, I will also restore law and order in our nation's cities, empower our men and women in law enforcement, stop the radical Marxist prosecutors surrendering our cities to violent criminals, quickly secure our southern border, end the, to end the influx of deadly drugs into our communities, and so forth. American voters, I'm saying and so forth, he goes on, but American voters, he says, have it within their power to quickly return our country to peace, prosperity, and strength. Read President Trump's op-ed in Newsweek. Uh, brothers and sisters, um, as a final point on, on what I'm saying here about the presidential race, uh, Jim McLaughlin, we've had him on this program, uh, one of President Trump's polar, pollsters, says that President Trump has big advantages, those, that's his phrase, on the issues that voters care most about in the upcoming elections. And that's why he's ahead of Biden in all but a, a couple of these national polls. He says, when you look at the issues like the economy, inflation, crime, and immigration, and Joe Biden's negatives, his disapproval rating, Biden, is well over 60%. When you compare him versus President Trump, President Trump is significantly ahead of him. Now, there are many voters in America that don't want either President Trump or, or, or Biden. I think it's more certain that President Trump will be the Republican nominee than it is that Biden will be the Democrat nominee. Some say there's no way he's going to be the Democrat nominee. I no longer think he will. Not necessarily even for the political reasons, and there are many political reasons why he shouldn't be, but simply because of human nature and health. There are certain things you can't control, certain things you can't decide, and politics can't decide either. I don't think he's going to just be able to do it physically and mentally. I'm talking about even running, much less serving as president. But if you have the two of them, then what people's preferences are aren't going to matter when it comes to making a binary choice. It's going to be the one or the other. And President Trump has a significant polling advantage over Biden, and his job approval remains higher. And even if Biden is replaced, which is a real possibility, you look at somebody like Newsom, People like him are going to have to deal with a record that is as bad as or if not worse than Biden. So this was a conversation on Newsmax recently uh, together with uh, Jim McLaughlin. The pollster was a former Representative Bob Barr from Georgia, Republican uh, uh, former rep. So we're, interest, we're entering into a very intense time now. I mean, once these primaries begin, right after the holidays, it is game on for election 2024. I want to remind you about our special website, ProLifeVote.com. Our trainings every month, you can sign up there. We have online trainings to how to be more effective in the elections. And we have got to pull out all the stops, brush up on your talking points about President Trump, commit to memory his accomplishments, uh, make the point. He did it already. He can do it again. And let's activate. Remember, it's, it's, it's even more than about all this. I wanted to show you the polling, encouraging polling. 
I wanted to show you what the uh, pollsters are saying about uh, his advantage on the issues. But friends, and we're going to be emphasizing this over and over and over again. We've said it before. It bears repeating. It's about the mechanics more than the issues. It's about the mechanics of this election. It's about how those ballots are gathered and counted. That is the key thing we have to focus on, the infrastructure of getting those ballots in, getting them in early, making sure they are accurate and secure. We're going to be talking a lot more about all that. You know this as well as I do. Let's get involved on the local level with the candidates, with the party, with the, the other groups that are working on uh, getting out the vote and securing the ballots, chasing the ballots, if you will, uh, banking your vote, getting it in early, f- promoting all the things that the other side has been using for a long time and that we need to be using even better than they do. Honest, unlike them, honest ways and constitutional ways of getting the votes in early and keeping them secure. We'll have a lot more to say. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we, uh, we, we look at this presidential election as the most important one that we have ever seen, that our nation has ever seen, because we've never seen such, such attacks on the basic core values of this country as we see now. We've never seen such deliberate devastation of our, of our nation, of our security, of our economy, of our values. Be with us, Lord God. Make us strong in principle and make us just as strong in practical, pragmatic application of what needs to be done. We present all our petitions to you. We put our nations in your hands as our founders did. And we pray now as Jesus taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks, friends, for joining me. I'm going to be in Washington, D.C. the next uh, couple of days, so I'm pre-taping some things for you. But uh, stick with us on Praying for America. Bring other people in to watch. And do connect with me on social media. I'm at FR Frank Pavone on all the platforms, at FR Frank Pavone. And we will talk to you soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.